1: folks and welcome to episode 75 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. This is the show for November 2019 and I'm your host Bart Bouchotz. At the moment my panel is less of a panel than of a person. Um, At the moment I am joined by Simon Parnell from the Essential Apple podcast but we may have a few others dropping in. We had a few maybes who are sort of scampering their way through the holiday season and may pop in. So we may merge a few others in. But anyway, Simon, thank you very much for being here. It is much appreciated.
2: Yeah, not a problem, Bart.
1: So as I say, the silly season is always a difficult time to get panelists together. But today has proven particularly difficult. Um, And this weekend, I haven't been able to be as flexible as usual. So anyway, we we shall do our best to to be a panel. And uh, we have a lot to get stuck into. So, yes, it's a very busy month indeed. It has been. So, before we get into entirely new stuff, I just want to loop back just to fill us in on some developments and stories we've talked about before. So, we we talked, I think it must be two months ago now, if not three, that Apple had purchased, or that Apple were in the process of purchasing Intel's mobile chip business. Well, apparently that has now completed that sale. Um, in court fi- in filings to the U.S. government, in actually no, sorry, court filings related to a Qualcomm case. Um, Intel say that it actually sold its business to Apple at a multi-billion-dollar loss because quote because uh, Qualcomm quote strangled competition. So that's again that continuing antitrust against Qualcomm. Um, Apple says it remains committed to fair, reasonable, and non-discriminatory licensing or FRAND for standards essential patents. And Apple and Intel together have filed an antitrust lawsuit against a patent troll over 5G technology. So the battle for 5G continues, with Apple now in charge of what was Intel's 5G business. Yes, we shall hopefully see the fruit.
2: Those, of course, will rumble on
1: and on. Indeed, um, a few weeks ago we talked about the Checkmate jailbreak, which is a jailbreak in the bootloader for iOS devices before, which ships before the A12, I believe it was. It's, I think it's A11. No, it, it's A11 and earlier, I believe. And we yep. said that it's only a matter of time until that uh, vulnerability, which is called Checkmate, becomes a jailbreak, which has now happened. That is called Checkrain. No reason to set your hair on fire. This is a wonderful tool for security researchers and for hobbyists, but it's not of any particular danger because it's a tethered jailbreak that cannot survive a restart. So the real-world danger for regular human beings is actually extremely small, which is a relief. Um, Apple continues its march into India. Um, The Indian government has announced an expansion of Apple's operations in the country. And uh, in good news for Apple... um, apparently they were the best selling premium smartphone in india in q3 of 2019 so it seems to be working for them and being such a large market that must make tim cook happy
2: yep very much so um i'd be interested to see a breakdown of exactly what iPhones constitute the biggest sellers in india um i know india obviously you know i'm not suggesting they're a poor country although you know they have a, a vast um inequality of wealth from the very poorest to the very richest but it would be interesting to see um a breakdown of because being the top selling premium smartphone you know it could be all nearly all eights, or it could be uh, a spread you know yeah i think
1: every one of apple's phones counts as a premium phone um oh so yeah it really could be anything, anything right yeah yeah,
2: yeah. just that uh, would you- no, it's so, easy to sort of think, oh, you know, that means the I don't
1: know the, you know, the ten R. oh or- uh, yeah, I wouldn't jump to that conclusion. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, Apple don't even even when Apple did give us numbers, they didn't give us a breakdown of models because that was considered uh, proprietary to you know for the competition not to know. So we would never have gotten that number anyway. But now that Apple don't even give us the big picture total number of iPhones sold, we're just completely left guessing. Really, which is most unfortunate.
2: However, it's still it's still good news. It doesn't really matter what spread of their phones, uh, you know, are exactly. Selling it means they're making inroads into India.
1: Precisely. Now, um, we talked last time in great detail about how um, we weren't particularly happy with Apple's software quality, uh, to put it mildly. Well. I, I I hope I said it out loud. It's certainly been on my brain that I tend to judge companies by how they react to a crisis rather than whether or not a crisis happens. I think I said it on here. I hope I did, because then I get to sound intelligent now.
2: We've um, we've certainly said it in the past, I think. But, yeah.
1: yeah. So my fear was, what if Apple don't realise they've messed up here? Thankfully, it appears not to be the case. Um Mark Gurman reported that they had a massive all-hands meeting for the iOS development team where they basically rolled out a whole bunch of new processes for how they're going to manage iOS 14, the intention being to make iOS 14 not be a train wreck like iOS 13. So, thank goodness. And just to underline the point... um, what broke this month is that iOS 13.2.2, it was released to stop killing all the background apps because 13.2.1 had just come out when we last recorded and it was killing background apps. And then iOS and iPadOS 13.2.3 was then also released. So that's another version later. And then Apple have said that they need to do another version of macOS to fix an email encryption bug. Um, It's not a catastrophic bug, but it's still a bug uh so we're still waiting on that for the mac so really just sort of underline the point that the glut of updates hasn't stopped yet and there's there's more still needed uh,
2: well for what it's worth um i just updated to ios 13.3 beta 4 yesterday morning
1: yes i've seen a few articles about that coming out all right so hopefully hopefully that'll be with us shortly um the EU Competition Commissioner Margaret Vestager has said that many concerns have been raised with the Commission regarding Apple Pay. So we've we've talked before about Margaret Vestager not being entirely happy with Apple. She is the Commissioner responsible for the judgment that Apple didn't pay tax that doesn't exist in Ireland. Um, so she's had Apple in her crosshairs for a while, and it appears to continue. So this is more of a put a pin in it story, I think, than than anything else. And then finally, in the follow-up, we get to spin back to some time ago, probably half a year ago now, we announced that Apple was getting into a partnership along with some really large aluminium smelters to start making aluminium using a new process that was carbon free. Well, that has started the long process of becoming a commercial venture with Apple having um, basically just bought their first batch of carbon-free aluminum or aluminium from this new venture. Now, they're not ready to go into full-scale production. They're not ready to go commercial yet. That's 2021 they're hoping for. But nonetheless, some aluminium has arrived at Apple that is free of carbon. So that is definitely progress, and it's nice to see that investment beginning to bear some fruit.
2: Um, I covered this actually earlier today on the essential apple, and it's an interesting story because yeah. what they've done
0: is um. Sorry
1: to cut you off there, Simon. I'll let you get back in in a sec. Nick, welcome
0: aboard. Oh, I'm sorry about that, guys.
1: <laughs> no, you're absolutely fine. <laughs> I, I did. I did warn the listeners that we may we may be joined by a few people. Um, there's um, there's, there's another person who said they were a maybe depending on traffic
0: and so forth. Um. Yeah. Right. I got carried away actually watching. Um, Glenda Jackson's in something tonight Um, and it's all about it's about it's a story about dementia and you know she's I don't know how old she is but she's still as good as she ever was
1: excellent I'm hoping (laughs) you have some sort of smart television that you've been able to pause it to finish later
0: oh yeah well yeah I've just clicked on record so (laughs) it'll record the end of it
1: Anyway, welcome aboard. We're just literally just wrapping up the uh, follow-ups, if you're following along in the show notes. Um, And Simon, you were telling us that there's something very interesting, actually, about that aluminium smelting story.
2: Uh, Yeah, well, aluminium uh, is smelted uh, using electricity because Hmm. um, it's not an easy metal to extract from ore. Right. Um, And additionally, this is done by sticking um, carbon... Uh, electrodes into a, a prepared um, solution of the uh, bauxite yeah and then it, it heated up to a very high temperature by passing electricity through it now in in the process of doing this, the carbon electrodes are burned away yes um, and release huge amounts of carbon dioxide as burning carbon tends to do yeah um, what, they've, what they've developed are some ceramic electrodes which oh. although they are still consumed in the process of smelting the aluminium down into liquid metal, yeah. they release oxygen, not carbon
1: dioxide. Okay, that's cool chemistry. That's very yeah. cool chemistry. That, that that's Okay, thank you for that. I, I didn't actually know what magic alchemy they had pulled out, but electrodes made of ceramic, that's, they're not That that's not what Ceramic to me is an insulator. That's most interesting. Anyway, thank you for uh, that, Simon. That
2: is that is what I read. Um, this is this is how they are doing it. I I said I, to call it carbon free is still a bit of a stretch because you've got to burn a lot of electricity if you're right. generating it by hydroelectric. Fine, otherwise. But well, Apple are, are already
1: generating over. an awful lot of green electricity. That, that's something they've been investing very heavily in.
2: They are indeed. So anyway, it's good news because instead of carbon uh, electrodes being burned away, giving off CO2, um, these these new electrodes give off oxygen as they degrade. There we
1: Excellent. go. So like pretend trees. <laughs> there we are. Ish. I, I may be stretching that a bit too far. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Jumping into notable numbers, just a few numbers sort of caught my eye this month that sort of fall into two very obvious categories. So the first is we have what looks to me like very positive numbers relating to Apple Watch. So according to estimates, and of course we only get estimates because Apple don't give us numbers, see previous comment. uh, But apparently Apple Watch shipped 6.8 million units in Q3 of 2019, which is up 51% from last year. Um, even if that those numbers aren't correct, the fact that it's the same crowd doing the estimates means that they're probably wrong by the same amount. So the trend is what's interesting, which at 51% up is, is impressive. Um, apparently, Apple is getting closer to 50% share of the smartwatch sales in total. Um, and also, 35% of iPhone owners have a smartwatch, but only 16% of Android users do. So it would appear that the Apple Watch is making more traction in the Apple world than the Android watches are making in the Android world which
2: yeah I... that's not um doesn't surprise me that much because I do keep a you know a, a bit of an eye on the Android world and um a lot of the tech blogs that you know obviously talk about Android and uh uh, what is it, the Google Wear or whatever mm. it's called, um, they were not happy and pretty unimpressed with the last crop of, you know, uh, smartwatches. And the Google uh, Wear OS update was roundly considered to be substandard. So, um,
1: Actually, that's one they didn't mess up at Apple. They messed up iOS and they messed up the Mac, but my watch is fine, so they didn't mess that one up. Uh, and I, I, I tend to keep an eye on any smartwatch anyone is wearing because I'm just interested, and I rarely find myself going "ooh" at an Android watch. I find myself going "yeah," you know, okay.
0: But they're not. Uh, I, uh, sorry. Yeah, I think that. That's
1: oh, all right. I
0: just, I just think that. um it's all right. I'm always a bit suspicious of um, any kind of statistics, and right. That uh, while. I, I have no doubt that iPhone's doing really well because I seem to see everyone wearing them these days um, there's an awful lot more Android users uh, and so uh, and a lot of them aren't the kind of people who would necessarily have a digital watch so i I'm, I'm not sure that figure actually tell that those percentages actually tell us anything very much
1: well I guess they describe the difference in the the two ecosystems because they are they are very different ecosystems.
0: Yes, the kind of people who buy iPhones are probably more likely to buy smartwatches. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not sure the comparison with Android is actually very valid because because Android covers so many not very smart phones and, watch, and watches. Yeah, but that, uh, to me
1: yeah. that's important, right? That sort of describes the Android ecosystem because... One of the things Apple has going for it, that if you choose the Apple ecosystem, you have this really strong vertical integration. And one of the advantages of that is that it's much easier to have a nice watch experience on iOS.
0: Oh, agreed. Agreed. So
1: it's, as I say, it's it's a point of interest more than anything else. Um, it just sort of caught my eye. Um, but like you say, there's Apple Watches. I, I see them everywhere because I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm sort of, as I say, I'm curious about smartwatches and I just, Apple Watches are very I, common
2: i have to say yes that at first um it was a long time before i saw an apple watch you know in the in the wild as it were um now i've almost stopped noticing them because they are so common
1: well what um, i notice is the kind of people i see wearing them I, it used to be Young blokes who I would assume were you know fellow nerds, whereas now it is everyone of every age of every gender, you know, from people in business suits to people in tracksuits. You know, it's not just the health people. It's it it's much much broader than that.
2: No, it yeah, very much so. Um, but I think Nick's right. The, the, the thing is, sixteen percent of the Android market is probably easily equivalent to you know 35% of the apple market or whatever but um there you go i mean the the only person i know uh is a colleague of mine who does not have an apple watch um he has a garmin watch but then he is a fairly serious runner um
1: and that's their niche
2: that is you know Gar- yes a garmin watch is very um you know much more specialized on
1: Running, uh, hiking, thing. all those things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so right.
0: I, I had the Android Watch before I was um, back in the iPhone fold, as it were. Yes. And yes. Uh, uh, I, I, on the whole, I was quite happy with it, um, but of course, it was limited in the sense that I, my other stuff was, you know, was was Mac and yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Apple, and and therefore they didn't work perfectly together anyway. Uh, and they weren't bad for bad things, but I think, like most Apple stuff, it's the integration, isn't it, that makes them so useful. But that's really the, my feeling. They yeah. So well together. Yeah.
1: I, and did about- you, now that you're back in the iOS folds, are you are you also an Apple Watch user?
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. So I've got a, a Series Two. Perfect fine um,
1: watches. Um.
0: Yeah, yeah, fine. I, I I bought it. I bought it hand and so I got it at a good price, which was nice. You no, know, my um, series
1: two was with me until just a few months ago. Um, it's now with my yeah. darling beloved, so it's still alive and well and keeping time, just not my time.
0: Okay. So, yes, uh, I'm not surprised they're doing really well anyway with them because they're they're really good watches, and and I mean particularly if you're into fitness in any shape or form. I mean, I went out to. Went out rambling yesterday, as I often do on the first Saturday of the month, and, uh, and of course I tracked my my journey, and yeah. so I can tell everyone exactly how far we've walked and all that sort of stuff.
1: Uh, like, yeah, but I kind of like that. Like, you, know, you know, people can always sort of ask me if I'm ever out. We you know hiking with family or whatever. How far have we gone? How high have we gone? And so yeah, it's, you know, ten point whatever kilometres. And it's like, ooh. anyway, uh, the other group of numbers that caught my eye was just two stories. um relating to Apple in the enterprise, which is sort of low-key, but seems to be ticking away. Um, we have basically, apparently, every company in the Fortune 500 uses Apple products, and that certainly would not have been the case a decade or two ago. And mm-hmm. IBM continues to find that their Mac users tend to cause them less support calls and tend to be more productive than their Windows users by they measure it at 22%, or rather, Jamf measures it at 22%. It, I mean, it's it's a bit of a take it with a grain of salt, because, of course, it's correlation, not causation. So yes. maybe it's the kind of people who choose Macs are the kind of people who do well, as opposed to getting a Mac will make you do well. But either way, it certainly... The argument you hear is that Macs cost so much more than Windows, therefore they must be costing companies large amounts of money. And the answer is when you factor in the total cost of ownership, what IBM find is that their Mac users are more are cheaper basically than their Windows users. So that is interesting for anyone who's trying to make an argument for a Mac at work.
2: One of the big things I found in that story when I looked into it, Bart, was that um how high a percentage of IBM employees actually use Macs.
1: Yeah, when they all get a choice, right? It's when you come into IBM, you're basically told, you know, Mac or PC. And You might That's even be fixed. offered Linux, I'm not sure, but you're definitely offered those two.
2: You're definitely offered those two. Uh, you may well be offered. Um, at, but something approaching 40% of their users are now using Macintosh.
1: Wow, that is actually very high. Jeez
2: which is uh you know well that was the figure that was quoted in the yeah. in the article and um i'm pretty um and considering you know ibm are the <laughs> the uh you know the origin of the windows pc as it were Well, yeah, but
1: not the windows pc they'd well, bless that, their cotton socks they were hoping for for os2 warp
2: yes okay not but you know what i mean the the "Quote unquote PC," as it is the Wintel
1: machine. We're, we're all as we're it, all IBM clones these days, including our Macs. Ironically,
2: yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, bizarrely, you know, IBM, once the you know hated Big Blue, um, now you know are running a high percentage of Macintoshes. There we go.
0: Having said that, I mean, I mean, uh, if you your company has anything to do with developing apps, which most do these days, well, then you're probably going to have some Macs to develop develop stuff on, yeah. at the very least.
1: True, true. Um, I'm going to jump us into legal latest for an update on the story that seems it will never die. Apple versus the non-practicing entity, VerNet Vir- X. The story has taken yet another twist and or turn, as the US Court of Appeals has vacated the damages awarded to Vernet X by a jury and sent it back down to a lower court in Texas. And that court now gets to decide whether to just recalculate the damages or whether to hold a damages only trial. So Apple are still guilty, but they don't owe as much or they don't owe the amount of money they thought they owed. Um, whether it'll end up being more or less I guess only time will tell and whether we have to wait a very long time or just a long time, time will tell so that case is continuing to be never ending so there we go in terms of HR uh,
2: I was going to say, only the lawyers are rubbing their hands in glee indeed
1: um, H or, Apple HR and acquisition, uh, acquisition News we have an exit first um, a semi-exit actually so Kim Rosenfield is stepping down as Apple Head of Current Programming and, unscript- current, yeah, and Unscripted Programming, I guess that should be. And he segues basically to a private company where Apple get to have a first look at everything he does, or she does. I, can't, I actually don't remember the gender, not that it matters at all, actually. Uh, although, judging by the photograph, I'm going to assume... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, So the... Basically, going from working for Apple to working on your own but Apple gets first look at everything you do doesn't seem a huge difference. And certainly from Apple's point of view, they say they get to have all the expertise. So it's probably not a major loss. Um, Apple have hired a pro-Trump lobbyist in an attempt to avoid tariffs, probably wise. And (laughs) Apple have hired National Geographic's former director of podcasts, So it would appear that Apple's push into original content may develop an audio component as well. As time goes on, we shall have to wait and see.
2: That's quite interesting.
1: Indeed. With all that out of the way, let us jump into our main stories. We have five of them, so I don't want to get too into the weeds on these. Um, So we're going to start off with the alleged gender bias in the Apple Card credit limit. Then we're going to jump on to vaporizing vaping apps. Then Apple has some more woes with authoritarian governments. This time it's Russia causing Apple trouble as opposed to Hong Kong and China. Uh, Apple then, finally we get the sort of spin around in a bit of good news. We have the new 16-inch MacBook Pros to talk about. And then we finish up with what we'll, well, I'm probably going to force to be a short story because it makes me cranky. But um, like it or not, Apple and a certain President Trump became very much entangled in this month's news, and we should talk about that at least a little bit. So that's what's coming up. So let's get stuck into the gender bias story. So Apple Card is provided by Goldman Sachs, and some tweeting went viral. Um, A chap and his wife both applied for Apple Cards, and they are currently married, and therefore currently sharing an income. And the credit limits they were allocated were not the same. And the chap was allocated a higher credit limit than his wife. And the assumption of the tweets was that since they are married and since their current financial situation is the same, it must be gender bias if he has a higher credit limit than she does. Um, Many, many, many people piled on to this. Um, Goldman Sachs have said they will reevaluate how their credit limits are calculated. Elizabeth Warren says that uh, if Goldman Sachs can't explain the algorithm, then it shouldn't use it, which is not a bad point, actually. Uh, And then both Senators Warren and Sherrod Brown are pressing for an examination into the gender bias claims. Now, I think it's important to point out, and Goldman Sachs were quite quick to point this out, that your credit score is not based on your current status alone it is based on your entire life history and or your financial life history sorry I really don't care what kindergarten you went to um, but they do care about what credit you've had for your entire adult life so while you may be married now it is unlikely that you share your entire credit history with each other so for a married couple not to have the same credit score is actually expected and even if everything was perfectly unbiased, half of the time you would expect if there is a difference, you would expect that half the time the man would be higher than the woman and half the time the woman would be higher than the man, sort of by you know, if there were no bias, you would expect that. So in this case, yeah. the plural of anecdote is not data, so there may well be gender bias, but you can't just assume it because someone on Twitter got a higher credit score than their wife.
2: The other thing about that, which it it, it does reflect gender bias, but not gender bias necessarily in the algorithm, but gender bias in society, which is, as you say, as it reflects your whole financial life. Yes. um, It's well known that a lot of women get paid less.
1: For the same work.
2: Whether whether fairly or not, um, than men. So over their financial life, a lot of women would may have accumulated a lesser credit score.
1: That is um, an extremely good point, yes. Um,
2: yeah, there's things that need to be investigated here, definitely. Um, really, the fingers should be pointing quite squarely at Goldman Sachs. It's not really anything to do with Apple. Apple are providing a service and relying on a third party to provide it. Um,
1: and I think actually, to be fair, the fingers are pointing at Goldman Sachs. Um, yes, I think they are
2: very much. Um, and I think, as you said, Elizabeth Warren um, quite quite rightly says, if you can't under- understand or explain clearly how this algorithm works, then you should not be using it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that about sums it all up, really, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. So hopefully the outcome of this is more transparency so people can see why they got the score they got. And that will make things that should clear up the question of whether or not there is a bias. If you can see the workings instead of only the final number, it may become a lot more obvious what's going on. So I think this is a wait-and-see-what-happens story more than anything else. Do you have any thoughts, Nick, or
0: have we covered it? No, I think you've pretty much covered it. I hate to say a storm in the teacup, but I suppose when it first broke... It, it, you could see how it might seem a little unfair. Um,
1: it, but well, I mean, when we, when on we, its face, when we right? See, yeah, it, 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 yes. it, yeah, your gut is... Mm. Retro,
0: <laughs> when we can see it in retrospect, however, it looks a little bit like people claim gender bias, companies investigate whether there is gender bias or not, and that's yeah. about where we, where we are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think Mac, uh, Ken Ray deserves credit for his first day reporting was extremely good. Because he immediately asked the question of, okay, so in this anecdote we have, you know, the husband getting more than the wife, but are there also tens of thousands of people where the wife has more than the husband? We don't know. So it, it was, you know, Ken yeah. had a very balanced uh, first take on it, which I actually thought was rare because piling on to Apple is is is, is a hobby on the internet, uh, and piling on to I just, bankers. I just hate that's, that's yeah. I just
0: <laughs> I really hate getting popped. Bits of information because it, it makes it very difficult to make any judgments on anything, doesn't it? it does. um, I watched a I watched a program this week that was supposed to be about the pensions crisis. Um, you didn't, you in didn't the learn UK. anything. Well, no, not really, because it was <sighs> being a bit a bit of a you know a statistician myself. It sort of didn't really give you any. What they did is they took two people and they said, well, based on what you're paying into pensions at the moment, you'll have this much to live on. No, they didn't even say you'll have this much to live on. They said, "Um, you'll have this much to spend on food and you'll have this much to spend on entertainment. And I thought, well, there's so many assumptions being made there. It was a complete waste of time. I mean, there is a a pensions crisis in the UK, but but that program didn't actually explain it very well at all, I don't think. It's very strange.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I I think I am on I I'm not always on side with Elizabeth Warren. Um, I don't agree with her stance on breaking up tech companies, but her point on algorithms to me cuts right to the core. If your algorithm yes. is secret sauce, then your algorithm is a problem. You can't be, you can't be having major decisions made by secret sauce we don't understand. That's that's not acceptable in
0: my mind. That's possibly a possibly a worry for the future with more and more AI. Yes. Will I we think, get to a point where we have no idea how the decision is being made?
1: That's oh, up to us be because there's no, there's no actual reason that AI has to be opaque. Oh, you, no. You no, can no, design no, it so it isn't yeah. or you can design it so it is. And at the moment, we as a society don't know we should care and therefore we don't yeah. care and therefore stuff is happening. And I think it's important that we awake to that reality before it's
0: too late. So it, Yes, unfortunately, it, we do have a habit of blundering into things and then learning the hard way, don't we? Say,
1: Ow! Yeah. Uh, having recently <laughs> spent a night in A&E, having blundered my way into the sharp corner of a kitchen press. Um, <laughs> <yes>. Indeed. <laughs> um, just before we move off Apple Card, some other Apple Card stories that have nothing to do with gender bias, but they, they also crossed the news in November. Um, one of the criticisms when Apple Card first rolled out was that it, at that time your Apple Card was not a part of your credit score or your credit report in the US. And Apple had said and Goldman Sachs had said that that was coming, it just hadn't been rolled out yet. Well, it has come. It is now rolled out. So your Apple Card will count towards your uh, credit report, your credit scores and so forth, which of course it should.
0: And I-, I I'm surprised by um I don't know whether it's a shame we've got not got any Americans on because um they seem to be far more concerned about their credit score in America than I mean, to be honest. So I mean I think to impact get, I, a lot
1: of things. I, like when you get a phone, you need a credit report and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean I've got I've got this clear score app on my phone and every now and then it sends me a message where it says, Your credit credit score has changed and I think to myself, Do I care?
1: <laughs> it depends if it's changed because someone's stolen your identity and taken out a stunking. Oh, yeah, well, in that, your name. that would
0: be bad. Yes, that would be bad. But no, but more often than not, it's it's because I've I don't know I've I bought something and I have decided to pay it off in installments or. Well, they like that, right? or, or whatever. The,
1: a history of yeah. lending and paying it back on time is is very good for your score.
0: And yet, I sometimes hear, um, I hear uh, uh, John and Dave on. Um, uh, I've forgotten the name of the podcast. Um, oh. The Mac Geek Gab. I just going to say,
1: I went blank too. That's terrible.
0: <laughs> Talking about, about scores, about about credit card scores. And, and and Dave's obviously very sort of keen on keeping up with his and knowing where it is. And I, I just wonder whether that's a peculiarly American thing or whether that's just me being uninterested. I don't know.
1: I, I think it's more of an American thing, but it's also a stage of life thing because at some stages in life, credit is really important because you're, you're, you're needing to take out mortgages and car loans and all sorts of things. And then as you move to later oh, stages in life, yeah, yeah, it true. ceases to matter and a credit freeze may just be the most straightforward thing to do. Anyway, yes. before we yeah. wrap up here with Apple Card, just to say that Nike has joined the 3% cashback club. So if you buy stuff from Nike, you also get the higher 3% from your Apple Card. So good. <clears throat> that then moves us into the App Store again for some more controversy. Um, so vaping is regulated very differently in different parts of the world. Um, here in Europe, we sort of treat it as a nicotine replacement and we regulate it and we have a lot more control over what gets to go into a vape. Whereas in America, it's a lot more laissez-faire. And the end result has been that the CDC, the Centre for Disease Control, or the Centres for Disease Control, uh, released a report saying 42 deaths were caused by vaping. And to be honest, it's mostly down to bad liquid containing vitamin E, which is fine in your food, but it absolutely shouldn't be in your lungs. And also... All sorts of stuff being used instead of the supposed ingredients that are supposed to be in the vape um lots of really dodgy stuff basically and it's it's causing pneumonias in in very you know in teenagers, which is not normal and killing tens of them and Apple responded a few days later by removing all vaping apps from their store, and that's kind of a problem because. A lot of the the vapey things, you control them through an app or you get to set the temperature and all those kind of things. And with all those apps pulled out of the store, that actually means it's harder to vape safely for people who do vape safely. And if you're in a part of the world that's not America, you're probably vaping safely anyway. Uh, So this has a lot of people going uh, nanny state, nanny state, nanny state. And I'm not, on the one hand, you know having seen what happened with smoking and how many million people had died before we dealt with that maybe maybe i'm inclined to be on apple side and then on the other hand i'm inclined to be not on apple side so i'm completely torn
2: it's a, it's a sticky situation isn't it because as you say in america vaping has um become a huge thing um i think the american um You know, the CDC and so on are also worried about vaping um, actually encouraging people to take it up. Whereas in Europe, vaping is very much seen as a way for people who are smokers or ex-smokers to... um,
1: Yeah, because we have rules against flavours and stuff and rules against advertising at kids. So in Europe, it's very much seen as, you know... a way to get smokers to not be smokers and it's very much regulated against targeting kids to bring them in to the tobacco industry and the yeah, rules are just I mean, not like that in it, the states
2: yeah and and so in europe it's very strictly controlled in this almost in the same way as nicotine patches or you know gum or whatever and it's seen very much as a if you can't completely give up your nicotine habit then maybe you should change to vaping because it's less bad for you than actually smoking tobacco.
1: Yeah, that's um, where the science is on this, right? It's like it's it is not that vaping is good for you, or even that vaping is not bad for you. It vaping is bad for you. It's just, it's just less, bad less bad for you than tobacco. You know, um Yeah, precisely.
2: Um the trouble from from what I've read on this. The the problem with these people who are dying is, A, as you say, there's people using some incredibly – nearly all of the people who have died were using not only cheap, unregulated liquids, but Mm. they were almost certainly uh, cannabis-enhanced liquids – I, I don't they believe they are,
1: all were actually. Um Science Versus did a really good recent episode about vaping and it's not it's not purely cannabis, but it is all poorly regulated liquids. It, it all comes down to the liquid, but in some cases it's the use of vitamin E in the liquid and in some cases it's cannabis. The,
2: the biggest well, the biggest problem seems to be these bad liquids are using things like vitamin E or um incorrect types of oil which effectively vaporize, go into your lungs, and then turn back into oil or yeah. sludge and clog up your lungs. Um,
1: G- giving you a pneumonia at an age you really, really, really shouldn't be prone to pneumonia.
2: Precisely,
1: precisely. So
2: should Apple be banning it? I think that might be a slight overreaction, but in America they have got a bit hysterical about it. Um Possibly because that vaping seems to be rising massively as a new trend, whereas here in Europe it's not. It's not something, it's rising, but it's rising as people change from tobacco to vaping.
1: Yeah, there's still something outside the, the front of the office building. It's still the same people, but instead of it being smoke, it's now vapour.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a hard one to call, um, and Had, possibly depends very much on whether you're an american or a european
1: but of course the same rules are being applied everywhere which may be i think that's sort of why i'm torn on this because i don't want to make it harder for people to give up tobacco but i also don't want to encourage kids to take up vaping no precisely do you have a view nick
0: i agree with what you've all said really um I mean, I've learned something new. I didn't even know there was a tech aspect to vaping. So
1: oh, it's, it's, it's very I didn't, these yeah, these cracks they, at they at call them. them. They're they're very tech. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so that that's all that all that's all news to me. I mean, I see quite a lot of people vaping uh, here in the UK. Um, we have a smoking area outside of the uh, building, and it seems to be vacated a lot by. Uh, but it's a mixture of people who some who smoke and some who. Vapor.
1: What I notice is the um, same faces I always used to see, but it's just some of them oh, yeah. of having rolled up yeah. bits of paper with weed in it, you know, as in as in the tobacco weed, not uh, sorry, not cannabis. Yeah. Um it's they they now have these little USB devices.
0: Yeah, well, it's always been my opinion that inhaling things that don't really belong in your lungs is probably not a good idea at any time. So, I Including, including diesel and petrol fumes. And <laughs>
1: yes, well, ha- having had the experience of a viral pneumonia myself and having literally been out of work for 18 months thanks to it, I do not wish pneumonia on anyone.
0: No, it's not nice. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, speaking of not nice... Apple continues to find themselves between the rock and a hard place in countries where uh, the government could best be described as... well oh, feck it, let's just say authoritarian. It's my podcast and I can give my opinion. Um, right. Come on. <laughs> I'm not going to stop being diplomatic about it. Fascists. <laughs> uh, okay, I won't go quite that far. Although, well, anyway, authoritarian I'll go with. Um, so last time yeah, we talked stuff. about the, the Chinese government strong-arming um, Apple uh, in Hong Kong, which is obviously a real uh, flashpoint. Another flashpoint here on planet Earth is Crimea, um, yeah. which, historically, historically, if you, you know, go back, dial the calendar back a hundred years, it was definitely part of Russia, but then it wasn't, and it was part of Ukraine. And, well, now, officially, in most of the world, it's considered disputed territory. So, If you go on to Google Maps or indeed Apple Maps here in Ireland or in the UK or in the US, Crimea doesn't belong to any country. But the Russians very much believe it belongs to them, uh, as do the Ukrainians. And in Russia, they passed a law making it a criminal offence to mislabel Crimea on a map. And therefore, Apple basically had no choice but to obey the law. And they rebranded, or relabeled Crimea on the Russian version of Apple Maps, and only on the Russian version of Apple Maps. And I feel like I should just replay myself from last month where I said basically you have to follow laws in the countries you are in. You can't not follow the law. Just like A Chinese company can't come to Ireland and disobey Irish law. An Irish company can't go to China and disobey Chinese law. And an American company can't go to Russia and disobey Russian law. That's how it works. So I don't see a scandal here. There is literally nothing else we could do. And if we reversed it and we had a Russian company refusing to obey American law, there would be outcry.
0: Yeah, the only thing you can do, the only thing you can do um, is not deal in that country.
1: And... The question no. then is, is it better to be in a country but not get to do everything you want or to not be in a country at all?
0: Oh, dear. Yeah. You know, if is it okay for the glass question, to be... I don't know the answer to. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: I know. It's really hard, right? And yeah. is it okay for the glass to be three quarters full? Mm.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, of course, the next point is might make all of this, you know, brouhaha about Crimea irrelevant.
1: Yes, because the parliament wasn't done passing laws. They have passed a law, which President Putin has signed. So it is now a law. Uh, I think it comes into force a year from now, but Russian Uh, apps will become mandatory. Or was it January 2020 or 2021?
2: No, July 2020.
1: July. Oh, sorry. Half a year, not a full year. Yeah. So next summer is when this is really going to come to a crunch point. But the law says that every smartphone shipped in Russia must come with Russian alternatives to all the various services pre-installed. That's also for computers, not just smartphones, actually.
2: Um, well, in fact, it's pretty much thing TVs, anything that, you know, Alexa-type devices, anything.
1: Anything like with Alexa. apps, basically, needs to have Russian-equivalent apps. And Apple is extremely not happy about this and basically saying it's equivalent to jail being forced to jailbreak their devices. And frankly, even China hasn't tried to pull that one. You know, China has said, mm-hmm. you must remove these apps from your store and you must remove this emoji or whatever. But China has never said, you must pre-install the software we have given you. And I actually don't think Apple would do that in China. I think that is actually where they draw the line, uh, as we found out when the FBI tried to get Apple to do that. Um so this could develop into quite the story six months from now.
0: We shall see. Yeah. That's 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 getting more and more difficult, isn't it? It it, it as you say, it's where you draw the line. It's where Apple decided to draw the line.
1: And I, well, I think in fact, the integrity of their software is very, very, very central central to apple i think if they lose control of their own software i don't see them staying i, I can't see how they could tolerate that
0: no uh, normally me
2: well i as i covered this today actually um you you've not got it in the notes but uh, apple uh you know have said that this legislation is equivalent to jailbreaking their no, it own it
1: in the notes nick or, or not nick <laughs> no 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 <laughs>
2: Do not have is the one that I had in my show notes, where effectively um, Apple have said that if they cannot um, get some kind of exemption, workaround, or other, um, you know, uh, way to avoid this happening, they will be forced to perhaps uh, pull their um, products from Russia.
1: I mean, one, one way said... you could. Can... One way you could square the circle would be that what will be pre-installed would be the actual app store versions, which go through full app review. You could s- sort of see them squaring the circle that way as a compromise.
2: I mean, part of part of the issue, of course, is that privacy campaigners are saying this is simply a way for the Russian government to force everybody to have spyware on their devices.
1: Well, it, uh, if it bypasses the app store, if the if the government get to write the software. And it gets to not go through up review then yeah I think that's a very 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 real threat
2: and um, so Apple have said basically if they cannot come to some kind of uh, you know agreement they might have to consider pulling out of Russia
1: yeah I think yeah I think they would indeed have to and we should mention Apple are by no means alone in facing this dilemma um
2: it's oh, sort of yeah,
1: well, not just a rush, actually. It just sort of it co- it crossed my eye. It's not Apple-related at all. But it is another example of a large American multinational in a foreign country with different laws. In this case, Facebook were made to correct a user's post in Singapore because in Singapore they passed an anti-fake news law. And the government basically gets to say what is and isn't fake news. Uh and the government said that's fake news, and they forced Facebook to put a correction over the post, which Facebook, of course, did because, again, you have to follow the law. So, that again, you know, other companies too, but somehow it seems to make more clickbait when Apple do it. Anyway, let us move yeah, into yes. happier times.
0: Yeah. Yes, why not?
1: So there has been a rumor for quite some time that Apple was working on a bigger MacBook Pro. Uh, bigger turns out to be an interesting choice of words because it's certainly a bigger screen. And technically speaking, I believe there's a millimeter or two difference in size. I believe it is a millimeter thicker than, or a fraction of a millimeter, it might even just be half. It's marginally different size to the 15-inch MacBook Pros. But basically this is a new 16-inch variant of the MacBook Pro which has an absolutely delicious looking 16-inch Super Retina display with almost no bezel which is how it manages to fit into the same footprint. You know, goodbye bezel, hello screen all the way to the edge. Uh, And a glorious screen it is too. And it has actually replaced the 15-inch MacBook Pro basically at that price point. And what has gone away, so the screen has been upgraded to this amazing looking 16-inch screen, and the highly controversial butterfly keyboard has also um, gone to the great trash heap in the sky and been replaced by a new scissor switch based keyboard that is based on the popular magic track or magic keyboard that Apple sell as a standalone keyboard. Um basically they, they've tried to make it so that. The keyboard retains the key stability you get from the butterfly keyboard, which I have to say I really like that key stability, and has more travel. So in fact, the amount of travel you feel has doubled effectively, or approximately, quite close to it actually being double. And it seems to have managed to sort of have its cake and eat it, and it appears to be being very positively reviewed. So that is um, good.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah, certainly is good. Yes, good. they've certainly had their troubles with the uh, with the butterfly keyboard. Yeah. So it's uh, it's nice that they've actually well, <laughs> um, companies never back down and say actually that was a mistake. We should never have done that, do they? So no, uh,
1: no, no, that's not how you do it at all. Um,
0: at all the time. But 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 yes, they've improved it and 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 now it's you know got got more bits and and it's clever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean it looks uh, and they've upped all of the specs. As long as it doesn't break all the while, that's, I think that's all that people care about really. <laughs>
1: well, that's it. But I mean it it seems to have like they they've really put an effort into um into bumping all of the specs. So it's you know, it it is a very impressive upgrade to their high high-end machine. I must actually take it up. The amount of RAM you can fit into it is, like, stupendous. Um, it is it is the beast the pros were hoping for, I think.
2: Yes. As we described it uh, a show or two ago, um, they have now finally produced a, a MacBook Pro, which the whiners have started to say, this one might be a bit too pro for me.
1: Um, which is which how is it probably- should be.
2: Which is where you need to be, where the whiners, if you're saying it's not pro enough, finally go, I don't think I need to spend that much money because that's a little bit too pro for me. Um,
1: Which is fine okay. because they make really nice MacBook Airs these days.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean I, I, I think it I think it's done a good thing because it sort of puts something in between um you you can step I mean, as long as you don't mind going from desktop to laptop to desktop and whatever you've got a sort of a nice staggered oh, I... line now up through these different power levels up to up to the really powerful Mac Pro uh, that is for only a small number of pros who really need all that power and are prepared to spend all that money and then it sort of comes down and and this 16 inch is very nice it's way outside what I'm going to spend on a Mac but uh, but for pros that's uh, some pros cuz you know, we've talked about this a lot, haven't we? Pros uh, can be everything from someone who writes novels up to someone who's editing video and crunching lots of data in the background and needs huge amounts of very fast disk and all that sort of stuff. So pros are all very different. And this is just another good one that slots into into that lineup. Uh, the, as uh, Simon said, he's perhaps a little bit too pro for some and maybe not pro enough for others, but it's going to be... It's going to be the old porridge for others, isn't it? Just right. I think
1: you, like if you spec this thing out to full spec, I, I, there's not that much. Like i Core i nine processors, eight terabytes of onboard solid state storage, eight terabytes of solid state storage. That's nuts. <laughs> you know, and the, what is it? Eight gigs of of, of graphics RAM. It's. Yep. I mean, these are Um, beasts of machines. I don't see this as being lesser than a high... This is basically a portable high-end workstation. Now, you're going to pay a fairly wafty amount of money if you stick 8 terabytes of solid-state storage into this thing. But it's still impressive.
0: Oh, I'm not doubting it's impressive.
1: So, I mean, I I think they they make it...
0: I just think it fits very well in there.
1: Well, yeah, because I think basically what we have here is I, this is a portable workstation. This is a this is a full-on high-end workstation. The, the, you know, this is a truly pro machine that is also portable and really quite light, given what it can do. To be honest, it, it's yeah. pretty
2: much the iMac Pro. Right. Laptop.
1: But that you can stick under your arm without exactly. being Popeye.
2: Yeah, it's very, <laughs> That is my view. They've they've actually now made a MacBook Pro, which is pretty much on a par with the iMac Pro. Um,
1: which is again more iMac than most people need, and that's a good thing.
2: Exactly. Hmm. So now they're beginning, you know, because we've we've all moaned over the last year or so about how the, the, the you know, there was no longer a clear um, definition in the Apple line of you know, good, better, best or, you know, mm. consumer machine, pro machine, absolute, you know, go mad and spend all the money you've got machine. Um, and now there is. Now there's, big. you know, because we had these horrible muddy things with Air and MacBook and MacBook Pro low end and MacBook Pro higher end and it was all very messy. And now yeah. we're back down to we've got, You've got, you know, MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, iMac, iMac Pro, and for those of you right out on the cutting edge, there's the Mac Pro.
1: And don't forget that the little Mac Mini is its counterpart, so it is actually nicely paired in all cases. Yeah, it so, just I have the specs. I have the specs here. If you fancy what you could upgrade yourself to in a portable, portable computer, you could have, if you wished, an eight-core. Core i9 2.4 gigahertz. You could have 64 gigabytes of RAM, 8 gigabytes of graphics RAM on top of your 64 gigabytes of ordinary RAM, and 8 terabytes of onboard solid state storage. And all of that in a laptop that weighs 2.0
0: kilograms. And um, comes with a special Apple strap to strap it to the desktop. <laughs> yeah it's called a Kensington <laughs> um,
2: the other thing which is which is worthy of note is yes, it is apparently fractionally uh thicker than previously and a fraction heavier, yes, and they have used that um you know millimeter or half a millimeter or whatever it is to improve the thermal um performance. So that they do not need to throttle the uh, Core i nine or
1: a Core i seven, yeah,
2: yeah, which is was a complaint about the earlier ones, which was that, you know they could not the the chips could not reach their full potential because they were being thermally throttled.
1: Well, they could they could um, spike to it, but they couldn't stay at it for a sustained period. And they, these machines they can. can not
2: reach these can, um, uh, and. That the You know, the fractional uh, space and weight gain has allowed them to increase the battery.
1: And what I love um, is the battery is now the largest it is legally permitted to carry on an airplane in the United States. That was, that was the other one I
2: was going to say. They have now pushed the battery, what is it, uh, is it 10,000 milliamp?
1: Whatever amount of milliamp it is, basically the FAA have an upper limit on what is allowed, and this is now...
2: I'm, I'm, Sorry, it's 100. It's 100 milliamp hours, and they have now pushed it to that. So any higher than that, and you would not be able to take it on an airplane.
1: So that puts Um, an end to the argument that Apple should put more batteries into things, that we have now reached peak battery. This this is it. Peak
2: battery.
1: (laughs) Peak battery. Peak
0: battery if you want to travel anyway.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Uh, The thing is being very well reviewed, Um, (laughs) apart from by iFixit, who give it a 1 out of 10 on repairability because when you cram all of that goodness into something so small, eh, you, yeah, you send it to Apple to get fixed or to a an authorised repair shop which has the appropriate tools. You don't take out your little Phillips head screwdriver and do an alarm clock jobby and hope you've no springs left over. <laughs>
0: what What they haven't told you is they've actually invented a TARDIS. <laughs> That's how it <laughs> works. It's much, it's, much more, it's much larger on the inside than it is on the outside. <laughs>
2: probably true you're not far off there nick really
1: you know <laughs> and the other thing we learned at the same time with apple repeated oh actually the speakers how can we not mention the speakers um and the mics so they put really good directional mics in it in the hope that the mics will be I mean, they're obviously not gonna be as good as you know a, a really nice podcasting mic but they're way better than anything you've had before on a laptop and very possible i've I've heard many podcasters now record episodes using the built in mic um there's multiple directional mics working together, and then the speakers they have put back to back drivers on them so that they can really crank up a high quality sound without introducing vibrations because you know the speakers are back to back, so they cancel out each other's vibrations, giving you really pure sound that's room filling from a laptop. Basically the same trick that the the iPads do which is they just make an amazing quality of sound for such a small device. It's
0: so very clever.
1: It is very clever and then what we also mm. learned at the same time was that uh, the long, 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 long awaited Mac Pro is finally being released quote, in December as is the Pro XDR display if you have mucho de mucho de mucho the cash.
2: Yes. Available to order from the tent. Um, I, yeah, I must
0: get the- one. I must get one of those so that I can I can um, browse the internet. It's really important. Yeah. It's vital.
1: Yes, I, I should <laughs> sell my car twice over. To be able to- <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> as my son would put it, if you need one of those, so you can flex, which is apparently the hip word for basically showing
0: off. Like. Oh, right.
1: Yeah. Or mm-hmm. if you are a professional who makes movies for a living, this is a blip in your budget. And if it isn't a blip yeah. in your budget, it's not for you. Yeah. Or, it's or you're one making of a really rubbish film. <laughs> yeah, or, or you're making a really rubbish film, yeah.
2: Uh, I would say it, it's one of those. If you have to ask how much it is, you can't afford it.
1: Yeah. A bit like a diamond, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um I'm going to move us on to our last main story, and I don't want to linger here, but we but... do need to cover it. So Trump and Apple. It's complicated, is how I've chosen to label it. Um yeah. so, President Trump toured a Texas factory which is building the new Mac Pros, and Tim Cook accompanied him and stood very silently next to him for photos and stuff um as doesn't surprise me um mr trump uttered some statements that are not compatible with the truth um he appears to be laboring under the false delusion that he has just opened a 6 year old factory he has not he didn't quite seem to grok the fact that this is a factory that makes Apple products, not an Apple owned factory. Fair enough. And he sorta of turned it into electioneering and basically made it look like Tim Cook endorses President Trump, which I don't think is a fair reflection of these things. And he turned it into a literally he literally turned it into an ad campaign. Um so that's a bit yeesh.
2: And, um, as somebody on one of the other shows I listened to described it a dog and pony show.
1: Yeah, and he made blatantly factually incorrect statements which Apple HR or not Apple PR never corrected. They sort of let it stand, presumably because the president's ego couldn't take it. And um. yet, in the same month as this travesty Apple CEO Tim Cook vows to fight for DACA until, quote, his toes point up. So he seems quite keen on that one, and that is certainly not a program that President Trump is fond of. Tim Cook has urged the United States to remain a member of the Paris Agreement. That is certainly at odds with President Trump's opinion. So it's not that they've rolled over, and yet they did kind of roll over in that one regard. So it it's a very, very complicated. I think the one of the biggest
2: factors in this is obviously Tim Cook and Apple are look trying very hard to get Mr. Trump and his administration to give them an exemption from these, you know, trade war tariffs. Yep. Um which highly affect the cost of importing the parts which they are going to assemble into MacBros in Texas. Um, so I suspect... etc. iPhones, certain...
1: et cetera. Yeah, I, yeah
2: my fear... might have been required there, but um, I, I, I got the very distinct impression that Tim Cook had to bite his tongue and hold his nose whilst he, you know, did such a thing.
1: My fear is that it was made clear to Apple that either the president comes and opens this factory you don't get the tariffs you want. Yeah. yeah we I have think. no evidence that that's what happened. But it They'd... smells awfully like, you know, nice factory got there, shame if any tariffs were to happen to it.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a bit like, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and swims like a duck, it's probably a duck.
0: Frank. <laughs>
1: i have i have links in the show notes to opinion pieces that to me i find make sense um forbes forbes kind of take the opposite view where tim cook has on the whole managed to row a very interesting line where despite the fact that he disagrees greatly with president trump he has managed to remain in his good books in a way that is definitely benefiting apple so that forbes sort of take the Tim Cook is doing very well on this tightrope view and they express that opinion quite well. Um, exactly. Rene Ritchie actually does a very good overview of the whole China, Russia, Trump and Apple thing. Um, it's it's not a long video. I think it's 10 minutes. Um, that's well worth to listen, read or view. And um, the more dystopian view, uh, courtesy of Paul Krugman and the New York Times... Is headlined, Trump gives US business the Ukraine treatment, which basically comes down to nice, nice thingies you have there, shame if a tariff were to happen to them, uh, sort Mm -hmm. of line of thinking. Um, They are opinion pieces and they are clearly marked as being opinion pieces in the show notes. Uh, They, unlike the other stories, these are not facts, these are opinion
0: (laughs)
2: I'm quite surprised you mentioned Forbes there as actually being quite positive because normally they go out of their way to stick the knife into Apple, even on articles which have nothing to do with Apple.
1: Yeah, no, in well, this case, they—they're you know how um, how Apple's Tim Cook mastered Donald Trump. That is definitely not clickbait in the usual bash on Apple mold.
0: No, no,
2: no, it's not. But then again, I mean Forbes, I suppose you know is a business publication, then they. Uh, you know, they cover all points of view, but they, you know, in in general, they tend to be fairly anti-Apple, but there you go.
1: Or, or is there a selection bias going on in our part of the Twitter sphere, where whenever they say something outrageous, it makes it onto our Twitter feed, and whenever they say something perfectly normal, we ignore it?
2: Uh, that is also possible. Um, I tend not to pay much attention to Forbes, because I've, I've Read, I've, I'm sick of reading articles which have nothing to do with Apple, and yet somewhere at the end in the last paragraph, <laughs> they stick the boot into Apple in some way. But there we go. There well, I've certain, just gone into
1: the business press. So they, yeah, you're they're right, not maybe, high on my list.
2: Right, I mean, you know, let's face it. Forbes is a big organisation. There may be certain writers who crop up in my news feed because they do such a thing, and that would Indeed. give me a bad time about Forbes. A sort of again, you know, uh, echo chamber kind of effect. Anyway, there we are.
1: Uh, Nick, I don't know if you want to chime in, and no one is ever under any pressure to chime into the political stories on the show. I, I had meant to say that before we started this story, um, and my <laughs> my opinions are my own, and only my own, and in no way re- reflect the rest of the panel unless they explicitly wish to agree with me. Um, and Nick, if you don't feel you want to comment on this, you are under no pressure to. But if you would like to. Please do.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I just hadn't really got an awful lot to say about it, really. Um That's fair enough. It it's 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 obvious that, that Apple of <laughs> Apple are having to at the moment sort of wear wear glove protective gloves uh when they're dealing with all sorts of different people at the moment, or nations or yeah. uh, it's it, like... they're, they're, they're struggling to sort of stay non political in, in their decisions, but it's becoming really hard not to.
1: To, like Steve Jobs was a, was a visionary and a creator, and it seems that Tim Cook is a diplomat. And thank goodness yeah. he's good at being diplomatic because it appears to be most of his job at the moment. Well, yes, I,
2: I, yeah. I hate to say it, but um and, and not because I, I, uh, you know, I I really rate Tim Cook. I think he's done a fabulous job. I I think almost thank God uh, Steve Jobs isn't in charge anymore. <laughs> because, um, yeah, let's be honest, you know, brilliant and uh, genius and all the other things he may or may not have been. Um, a Both is One of them. Um,
0: <laughs> yes, def- definitely not. <laughs>
2: um, I think volatile and, um, you know, explosive are... Uh, <laughs> the yes, thing. yes. I, yeah. life, um, I, I'm not sure that he would be able to deal with... Um, the Russian or China situation without losing
1: his rag. So
2: um you know.
1: yeah, diplomatic is not the words I would expect to be saying. <laughs> no, precisely. <laughs> um
2: so there we are.
1: Indeed. Well that wraps us up to the end of the the main stories. Uh before we finish the show, I just want to quickly mention some other Apple related news that uh, broke in November twenty nineteen. Apple released an updated version of their smart case, uh, smart battery case, to match the iPhones 11. Basically, um, the only thing of note really is that it basically continues to be as smart as all the previous ones, all the same brains and goodies and nice features that everyone liked, and a dedicated yeah, camera the ele- button.
0: The 11s have actually got really good battery, anyway, haven't they? I mean, I yeah. I've noticed quite considerably coming from my seven up to an eleven. The uh, the batteries just seemed to. I I put it on its charging pod. You know, when I get yeah. home in an evening, when I'm about to go to bed, and it's sort of saying seventy odd percent still on the battery, and I've used exactly. the phone quite a lot.
1: Yeah, I, I my so, yeah, watch needs impressive. a top up quite often because I do a lot of workouts because I'm quite active. But yeah. my phone, no, my my iPhone 10 that needed a top up every evening. But my iPhone 11, so absolutely I would think
0: you'd have to be a pretty heavy user to actually want to put a battery case on it. But there you go. Oh, or
1: you're going away for a few days and you're going to be not able to charge for a longer time would be the other obvious use case. Yes. If you're traveling or whatever, it could be a good peace of mind. You know, anyway, the, the dedicated camera button is interesting because I guess if you're running, if you're recording 5K video for a long time, I am, or 4K video, I imagine that drains the battery as well. So maybe there are use cases. Yeah. Um. Apple have updated clips as Kenray would call it, uh, you can now have emoji and Memoji in your clips videos, which I guess is good fun. Not something I'll be doing, but I'm sure it's good fun. Um, <laughs> there is an issue that Apple have acknowledged with 2019 13 inch MacBook Pros. If you're affected, you will get help from Apple. Um, Apple have had their first awards ceremony well different awards they've, they've had app awards at wwdc for years but now we have uh, the first ever apple music awards where basically billy eilish sort of won almost everything uh, apple also had some awards for the best apps and games and they revealed 2019's most popular podcasts we are not among them um which oh. is fine they're they're big name podcasts <laughs>
2: I didn't know that they'd revealed their most popular podcasts, and I'm sure I'm not in that list either. There we go.
1: uh, The only one I listen to that's actually on the list is Stuff You Should Know, which is a podcast I adore. Um, The Joe Rogan Experience, The Daily, Stuff You Should Know, The Dave Ramsey Show, and The Ben Shapiro Show. So,
0: there we go. Mm -hmm. Jolly good.
2: I've heard of none of them, and (laughs) probably can for any of them. Uh, although, if you recommend the things you should know, maybe I will check that one. Out. The
1: stuff you should know is actually a really fun, factual podcast. It's it's fascinating how interesting the you know the hairdryer as a topic can be for an hour of factual discussion. You would be stunned at how all of these things are way more interesting than they sound in the abstract. It's, it's a very fun show, actually. Um, <clears throat> What have I got next? Um, Apple Watch's use in medical research continues. Stanford published a paper on their previous uh, heart study, and Apple are now enrolling in their three new health studies through the research app if you're in the US. Apple have broken jolly ground good. on a new campus
0: in Austin. Sorry, do you want to chime in there? No, I was just saying jolly good. Anything, anything that furthers medical research is got to be a good thing, isn't it? Yeah,
1: having these sensors on our wrists and having it go towards making us all healthier. Yes, please. Keep it up. Yeah. Uh, Apple have broken ground on a new campus in Austin, Texas. Uh, they've also broken some digital ground. They've updated yet again their privacy section, um, going into more detail about how the various apps work, uh, which is good. Uh, you know, I like to see Apple explain what they're doing. If you live in London, you may be happy to know that you can now use Apple Pay Express for TFL, which is Transport for London. So that's, you know, underground London buses and much more. Uh, What Express Mode means is you don't have to do the whole Face ID thing for just that particular vendor. So it really speeds up your use of Apple Pay for getting yourself around the city of London. Which is convenient. Apple have said they will give $1 to Red for every Apple Store purchase made with Apple Pay through the holiday season. And Apple also revealed they have raised more than $220 million to help Red fight AIDS. That's according to Tim Cook. Uh, We we mentioned in a previous show that uh, some gaming controller, I think it was a Microsoft Xbox gaming controller, was being sold by Apple because you can use it on your Apple TV now. Well, that has been joined by Sony's DualShock 4 so you can buy that to control your Apple TV. Apple has a new replay feature that lets you listen to the most listened to songs, albums and artists in Apple Music. And uh, interesting for Windows users, Apple are hiring for developers to write a new version of iTunes for Windows, presumably the same break apart of the app we have seen on the Mac with Catalina. And finally, Sony have updated some of their 2018 and 2019 televisions to support AirPlay 2 and HomeKit. And that rounds out another month's worth of Apple News. I want to say a big thank you to my panellists for sacrificing some of their Sunday evening to help me digest all of this news. So in no particular order, Nick, thank you very much for jumping in um, and gracing us with your
0: insights. Uh, My pleasure. I was glad I was able to make it eventually. (laughs)
1: always always a pleasure to have you and uh, do you want to remind the listeners where you exist on the internet
0: Uh, yes you can find me on twitter and i'm at spligosh s-p-l-i-g-o-s-h thank you very much
1: simon do you want to give the good listeners a little plug for your apple podcast which is a fellow member of the my mac podcasting network along with this show
2: Yes, it is. Uh my show is the uh, Essential Apple Podcast, and uh, yes, it's part of the My Mac Network. Um, <clears throat> we cover basically the you know the week in Apple and related uh, stories, technology and uh, security and that sort of thing. Uh, Nick is a fairly uh, you know frequent co-host, and wow. uh,
0: you guys have about fun it.
1: talking Apple every week.
2: We do indeed, and uh, well, and, yeah.
0: anything, and anything else that <laughs> crops up, <laughs> and,
2: and, and anything else that crosses our, uh, you know, <laughs> our transom, as we like to
1: say. Ooh, um, yes. that's a good word. You don't you don't hear that word used nearly often enough? <laughs> there you go. Um,
2: yeah, yes. and uh, you can find me on the twitters as it at Serenak, and that's S E R E N A K.
1: Excellent. Links will of course be in show notes. Um, Speaking of, show notes, you will find those at let's-talk.ie. For the Apple show, they're actually quite detailed. Um, It's basically everything that crossed my RSS reader this month that I thought was insightful in some way. Basically, it's everything that informed my thinking on this month's Apple-related news. Many, many, many stories. While you're there enjoying all of those links, you will see that there is a section at the left sidebar called Support the Show. I want to start by thanking everyone who has and does support the show in any way whatsoever. Uh, if you just tell your friends or if you just tweet about the show, that is extremely helpful and extremely appreciated. Um, please continue to do so. Um, the people who keep the lights on. Well, I was going to say literally, but I mean figuratively, if we're going to be pernickety. Um, Patreon is the best most efficient way to regularly contribute a small dollar amount to the upkeep of the show. Uh, Patreon is basically structured in such a way that that, uh, PayPal don't eat all of the money in fees. And it is actually an effective way for people to pledge a small dollar amount per episode actually released. There is a total of two shows per month. So if you'd like to give me $2 a month, pledge $1, it becomes two, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I have bills that come in every month. I have Patreon money that comes in every month. I take one, I apply it to the other, and they pretty much approximately cancel each other out these days, which is a luxury that I'm slowly getting used to. I really, really appreciate the fact that we have arrived at that sort of level of maturity. So thank you ever so much. There's also a PayPal button for making one-off donations, and they are supremely helpful for those non-recurring costs like the shiny new boom arm that is suspending my microphone in front of my face at the moment came from PayPal donations. And um, The lovely microphone I am talking to was donated. Uh, though technically not via PayPal, but I still very much appreciate the donation. Really appreciate the um, software I use has been through PayPal donations. You get the idea. All of that non-recurring stuff is paid for through PayPal, and I greatly appreciate it. And then there are affiliate links for people who need to register domains for Hover.com and people who need nerdy things like Linux hosting or... MySQL as a service or Kubernetes or all those cool tech buzzwords at DigitalOcean affiliate link there too. I have been your host Bart so you can find me at Bart dot ie and until next time, happy computing.
0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
2: Hello everybody, this is Simon Parnell, the host of the Essential Apple Podcast, a show where we aim to take a wander around the week's news in Apple, news, reviews, technology, security, and anything else that catches our eye. Plus, from time to time, we like to have guests from the industry who we get to tell us about their products, their services, their history, their philosophies, what uh, drives them, and of course, just what makes them tick. That plus a bunch of friends talking about the news in Apple. What more could you possibly want? Check us out on the My Mac Podcasting Network.